1: Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Yes, yes, Jackson, here it is. The first time I have ever been on YouTube on 101 ESPN. And just like Michael Jackson at the 1984 Grammy Awards. When he... Did he bring a... That- suspiciously, don't you step on my material here. Sorry. Don't you ever step on my material.
0: Couldn't be sorry.
2: <clears throat> and in van. Two. One. Yes, yes. Welcome in to Balloon Party. Jackson, it is the first time that I have appeared on these 101 YouTube cameras. And just like 1984 Gar- Grammy Awards when Michael Jackson suspiciously took... A delightful, yet small, Emanuel Lewis' date. Okay, okay.
0: Because he had, he had like a series of odd Grammy dates, did he not? Did he not bring a chimpanzee at one point? Right. I mean, let's be honest, there were warning signs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly some wasn't and, totally and, and, and there.
2: If you're Mount Rushmore of Michael Jackson warning signs, I think the Emanuel Lewis <laughs> date was probably the George Washington. Yeah,
0: there's a lot.
2: But... Michael Jackson, with his, with his date, Emmanuel Lewis, looking up, said, I'm going to take these sunglasses up, off for the ladies up there in the balcony. And they all screamed, right. having no idea they had no chance, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Right. You, on the 101 ESPN YouTube, are seeing these baby blues for the first time. And now, you understand why I have bottle service at Napoli every
0: Friday and Saturday trying to do some some backtracking here would that make me emmanuel lewis am i emmanuel lewis right now clip that off and the answer is yes all right that's, that's you
2: are man. jackson it's been two weeks has it been two weeks
0: probably th- longer than that i think june 30th would have been our last show together on 101 ESPN. but you are in here yeah doing the producer party I, well, yeah me matt rocchio uh, Andrew Marsh, and then Good Morning Grant Francis was on the ones and twos. <laughs> good morning, Grant. And I was sitting right Obscure where you were sitting. Reality
2: Bites reference. Yeah,
0: I, you were, uh, I was sitting right where you were sitting uh, for the first time ever. I'd, I've never done a show here without being behind the switches, so it was fun. How did you enjoy it? How I, was the producer party? I thought it was good. You know, I thought it was a, a fun time, a good opportunity to show some of the chemistry that some of the younger guys here have, and uh, I really enjoyed it. You
2: feel it. like it's your time. I've had my time. Mm-hmm. I've that's, had a near 25 year run in the market, and I think it's I think it's time to hand over the keys to you and Good Morning Grant and Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse and Rocchio.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
2: it's time.
0: See, that's the funny thing about opportunity, Tim, is that nice. this is going to
2: be poignant.
0: It just it, it comes at times where you you didn't expect them. You know, Tim's going out of town. Okay, uh, you know, whatever that means for me, but there is a time for opportunity, and mm. so you got to go, and you got you to gotta, you gotta take it, you got to go out there and you got to take it, you can't be hesitant, you got to go out there and take it, so the opportunity was great, and if it comes up again, I'll be ready you to will take, take it. it, I'll take it once again, yeah. Um, how do you think the show went? Good. Yeah, I think it went real well. I mean there was uh the first one we had was on the heels of Jordan Hicks throwing the ball about ten feet over Paul Goldschmidt's head. Yeah. And uh, that brought
2: back memories of my high school baseball career.
0: In Miami, so there was plenty to talk about then. And then we had a Monday show. Monday shows are always Full of topics because you have a little bit of weekend wrap up like we have today. Yeah, yeah, and that was right before the All Star break, so uh, it was a good time to talk, talk about the trade deadline stuff like that. So I thought they the shows went really well. I love doing it with those guys. I think those guys are really, really talented, more talented than I. So uh, it's easy to lean on them. Do
2: you really feel that, or are you just saying that because you know that'll get you some likes? Uh, in terms of like St. Louis sports talk, honestly, I don't think anybody's more talented than me.
0: Right, of <laughs> course. <laughs> well, I didn't include you in that. Uh, and that I was talking about the uh, the producer side of it. Uh, in terms of stainless sports talk, yes, they are much more talented than I. Really? Yeah.
2: And is that because you thought WPG stood for wins per game? Well, I certainly didn't think it stood for peg.
0: So, <laughs> egg on my face on that one. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a prime example. But, you know, I'm not necessarily like, that's not my Bailey. You pick. want to play well with Pelicans fans and Jazz
2: fans and... Trailblazers
0: fans. Yeah. Boy, talk about three of the hottest teams in pro sports right there. You talk about bastions of sports. Right. You talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, that's Utah Jazz, and Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I go for. Uh,
2: all right. Uh, you are welcome to text in 314 399 9646. Air Comfort Service text line is how you can get involved. And uh, now you can watch us on YouTube. How wonderful
0: is that? And is the chat open? Uh, not on, like, this right here, but I can get it open. <laughs> I can't
2: imagine the yeah. fun and games in the 101 ESPN chat.
0: I assume they're just super.
2: I, I would gather some of the TMA listeners are going to go in there and... Interact with some of the regulars if I had to, if I had to guess. I'm actually. Because I've seen this for a couple of decades and I know how it plays out. Yeah. And I'm,
0: it'll be wonderful, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to in the break
2: taking a look at taking the old a, YouTube taking, chat Taking a gander. Are we giving away tickets today? I think we are. Yes. That's yes, correct. we are. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, 101 ESPN has your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Foreigner with special guest Loverboy this weekend. Uh, This Wednesday night, I apologize, at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets for the historic farewell tour are on sale now. Or you can text in to 314-399-09646, Ryder. (laughs) (laughs) Ryder is... Spending a lot of time in the United Kingdom and typing in lots of numbers. Country codes <laughs> Please, and such. Country codes. 314 399 9646 to win free tickets to Foreigner. Get all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com or on the 101ESPN app. So, uh, Jackson, how are we going to decide who gets the tickets to see uh, Foreigner and Loverboy?
0: Oh, text of the day! Nice. Send it a text that either sparks a good conversation or just honestly rips us, and uh, you Aren't might. Are there going to be any of those? Uh, there's usually some, so uh, we always pick a winner. So some some wins every time. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there'll be some million, good stuff. You got a million texts. Yeah, All, the audience is chomping
2: at the bit. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh it's great to have you back Tim the translucent one was lost without you that's from the 830 recreator. Didn't you basically have all the time off too
0: Yeah like Thursday through Friday last week I didn't or Tuesday through Friday I had nothing to do with anything I wanted on the ESPN So I guess I was lost in that sense Yeah <laughs>
2: Well, uh, well, perhaps that's going to get you a ticket to a foreigner lover boy. All right, see what we got going on here. We got the little piddles weekend wrap up, and uh we're giving away tickets to foreigner and to Loverboy. boy that is all coming up on the program. The first balloon party with me back anyway since June thirtieth. I went on vacation uh did t m a from vacation mm-hmm. from my backyard. Yeah. How did that work for you as producer of TMA? Oh. I just,
0: Was I mean, it fine? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the technology I, have, is super yeah, easy. Yeah, the technology is super easy. Yeah. Yeah, It's it couldn't be easier. And then, yeah, you just hop in, talk it over. It's fun. Yeah. So uh, back um, and uh, looking forward to talking it you know, over here
2: on uh, 101 ESPN with the fine listeners and now viewers at uh, the 101 ESPN YouTube channel where my baby blues are on full display and they match with this blue hat. What's more blue, my hat or my eyes?
0: Uh, Your hat, but I would say that you are lit really well. It's like great top lighting. That's actually in my
2: contract that I have special lighting, like Sybil Shepard on moonlighting with the filter.
0: Right. I, I, before the show, I stand on top of the console here and switch out the bulbs. And I stand on top of phone books during the show. Right. Well, your contract its Again, your contract.
2: It's part of the deal. All right. We will uh, have the Little Pills Weekend wrap up. Rip our asses in the text line and the YouTube chat. Have fun with it. 314 uh, 399 Air Comfort Service, text line, YouTube, uh, 101 ESPN, YouTube, and uh, the Little Pills Weekend rack up is next here on 101 espn
1: we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
2: welcome back balloon party driven by st louis acura and alton toyota 101 espn timothy michael mckernan action jackson with you here on 101 espn we're on the app we're on youtube i am now sitting I got a booster seat. I wanted to try the phone books and see how that looked on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Felt like it looked good because right. you talked about the lighting. Yeah. The uh, Sybil Shepard uh, filter. But now I'm sitting in a chair and it's elevated. Mm-hmm. That if, if Randy Carriker were to sit on the same chair, his head would go through the, the, ceiling. the ceiling. Right. But for me, it allows me to be visible.
0: I think people really appreciate the transparency because some of these Hollywood tricks aren't told. You know, Tom you Cruise, Tom Cruise, Al Pacino, Gary Coleman. Yeah, Al Pacino wore high heels and Godfather, so they didn't look so small. I didn't know that. James Conn, Yeah, well, in the in the book, Michael Corleone's tall. You know, tall blonde. And not, Santino was well hung, correct? Yes, and that is kind of a... how you jumped all over that. Well, I've read the book several times, and that's a big that part of the book.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, read that, you go back and read that description of Sonny's manhood.
0: Well, I think it, descri- it helps understand to the audience why he was so headstrong and so... Uh, really? It, well, that's a stereotype that I don't appreciate because that makes it sound like I'm headstrong. Right, but I think he was a little bit more um, emotional, and confident with He's his a emotions. Bad Don. He was a bad Don. Bad Don. Strong guy. Strong. Texting
2: your Mount Rushmore of worst Don's. 314 You could win tickets to see Loverboy and Foreigner this uh, Wednesday night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Uh, Jackson brought up something, and then we'll get to the weekend wrap-up. It, 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 this will bond us all. Yeah. Even, even those of you who, who loathe us with, with intense hatred. Oh, yeah.
0: It's coming through fast and furious today. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm telling you, the thunder last night. It's unbelievable. My lifelong St. Louisan. And I, and I, I mean, I'm popping poppin so many damn pills to sleep, and it, it's tough to wake me up. But uh, holy
0: crap. Yeah. It, it, it was so startling. Like, I thought someone was breaking into my home. Was somebody breaking it? No, no. That was just uh, that was just Mother Nature, baby. And it was, like, it shook my windows. It was the loudest crack of thunder I've ever heard in my life. It woke me right up. And it I'm was a deep going sleeper.
2: on, I guess, what, about 1.30 till 3-ish? Yeah,
0: one, one yeah, it probably was about 2 o'clock when it woke me up. I'm sure some people live
2: stream uh, and watch on YouTube, uh, especially a lot of ladies now that I'm on YouTube, uh, but uh, if you're not in the St. Louis area, we got it bad, Jack. We got it bad. And I mean real bad, brother.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it, and yeah, the weekend, I mean, it was so hot on Friday. I played golf on Friday, and there, I ran did out of play? gas. you Were you at St. Louis again? Ambrier. Uh, and I ran out of gas. About, it's the St.
2: Louis Country Club of Waterloo.
0: Uh, yeah, it actually is. Um, I would agree. 14 holes in, I, I ran out of gas. I I just didn't. You shut it down? No, I kept playing. What a a dandy. No, I kept playing, but I just didn't have it. I just, I I lost it. Sounds like like we're making
2: excuses out here.
0: I mean, I shot 83, so I'm not going to be upset, but... It's pretty good. 39 on the front, so I mean, What's that batman. index
2: at right now? People want to know what your index is, I know. I think... Texting with the that, Jackson's index.
0: With that 83, it drops me to an 8.8, which means... <laughs> oh! oh like, come and get a piece oh, of me. Oh, I was about to I, say, it's feeding season. <laughs> come get a piece of me.
2: Wow. Yeah. Look at this Jackson out on the uh, 101 Airways just bragging about his handicap.
0: All right, it's time for the Little Piddles Weekend Wrap-Up. First one since... June. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, first one in July. All right, when looking towards the trade deadline that approaches in about two weeks, we see a few guys that make for obvious choices to be dealt. With the contract stats and their performance so far, especially recently, Flaherty and Montgomery are two starters who would make sense to be traded. Bats like Edmund and possibly O'Neill also look like they could be on the move. In your mind, who are some less than obvious guys who we could be, see dealt Before or at the deadline, do you think that there's a chance they offload Contreras in the bulk of that contract, maybe Paul DeYoung, even Paul Goldschmidt? I was going to say Contreras, but you heard me bring that up on
2: TMA, so I'm wondering if you really think that or since you know, since I brought that up on TMA last week, that you knew that was my shocker value play. Again, not because I think it's likely, I want to mm. emphasize this, but if you wanted a sneaker play right. where the Cardinals would overpay to get him off the books for the next few years, that would be my sneaker play.
0: Right, so that's kind of half and half. I know you had had that opinion uh-huh. last week. Have you read it anywhere? I have not read it. Okay. But I haven't read it like someone saying, like possibly Contreras on the move, but I do think that if you look at it, it could make some sense if you if you're going to give if you're trading away Contreras taking eating a bulk of the contract so like the biggest part of the reason a team wouldn't want Contreras is because of his contract If the Cardinals were to eat that, I mean, he's got like the seventh best betting average for catchers in baseball right now with some other good sabermetric stats going for him. So there is a possibility he would have value, especially if the Cardinals would eat part of that contract Then you can move Herrera possibly into that everyday catching role.
2: One of my favorite trades the Cardinals have made within the last decade, and it's not like there are a lot to choose from outside (laughs) of the two super obvious ones, uh, was trading away Alan Craig and and Joe Kelly. Mm -hmm. And Kelly wound up being the most valuable piece in the deal. For sure. And John Lackey came to St. Louis. But I loved that move because they were offloading a declining asset that they were tied to for a long period of time. And there is such value in any business in doing that if you can. Uh, There's a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode called Foisting. Yes. One of your favorites. Absolutely. And it would be wonderful to foist Wilson Contreras upon another organization. Now, the other organizations would know why the Cardinals are doing it, so they wouldn't be blind to it. But I would love that. And I bet the Cardinals would love that. I doubt the Cardinals will be commenting on it. All the Cardinals do with him is just remove him from the position five weeks into his four-year contract. So... Uh, that would be my sneaker play that I would love. It would accomplish so much for the organization if they were able to do that. Do I think it's likely? Have I read it anywhere? No. But because of the Alan Craig thing, it is something that I wonder if they are looking at doing. And also because Herrera's come up and done what he's done. Yep. Uh, which then takes me back to October of 2022, and I was thinking to myself, I just, and I think I said it on on TMA and on Balloon Party. I know I was thinking it. I'm virtually, I just, I didn't understand why Catcher was identified as this must-replace Hall of Fame guy right. immediately top priority the offseason. It just struck me as an odd thing to have. And then you didn't get Sean Murphy and you made a panic move and overpaid for Wilson Contreras. Well. Uh, you compounded the issue, so I would love that move. I would love that move just to get that off the books. But you know, Herrera didn't just pop up here. He's been a part of the organization yep. when Contreras was signed. Um, as far as other players possibly going, I listened to the Matt Holiday interview when he was on the Fast Lane last week, gotcha. and he talked about the Goldschmidt situation, and he said that's a really interesting one. Because, you know, he's, Holiday said, I don't know how long he plans on playing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's comfortable in St. Louis and wouldn't want to take his kids out of school because these are the things you have to think through. Right. And if he's going, I might only have another couple of years to win a World Series and be a starter, which is weird to think considering, you know, 10 months ago he won the MVP. But with that all said, he would have to agree to it. So it's a different set of circumstances if the Cardinals would even consider doing it. I'm not sure they would. I am just, I, I almost always advocate if you do not think you have a chance, move as much as you can. Right. I, I love that. I lo- like to me the fact that the Angels are even having the debate, or at least publicly, media is having the debate about right. Shohei Ohtani, blows my mind. It is so obvious you trade him. Right. It's not even a sweat. Right. If they were healthy and they had you know some pitching besides Otani, perhaps you have a conversation. But they're two games under five hundred, and Mike Trout's hurt. Yeah, that's the case. And it's it's just it's it strikes me as so obvious that you move him, right. and then you tell the fan base we're going to move him, and we're going to get some prospects, and then we're going to do everything we can to bring him back.
0: Yeah, right. That's but,
2: fair. But we got to improve the organization. The Cardinals have not been in the spot under Bill DeWitt's ownership, and so how they play this over the next couple of weeks, for me, as somebody who has been working in the market for as long as I have, is one of the more fascinating stories because it is a defining moment for the organization. Yep. So, from my standpoint, minus Walker, minus Wynn. Um, and I suppose you could name maybe a couple of others. I'd be surprised if they traded Arnato by the way, just because he's under contract. I would agree that Unless he was like, I don't know what you guys told me this past offseason.
0: I went out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, everybody's... Yeah, everybody's up for grass. So you'd hear all offers, that's for sure. Yes. You'd always hear all offers. And I think, kind of following up on the Goldschmidt thing, would you be... On board, if they were to move Goldschmidt, and there's a lot of ifs there, because again, the no trade clause is a big piece of that. Even if you wanted to move him, you would have to agree to it. But possibly p- planning on Jordan Walker being your everyday first baseman down the road, would sure. you be on board with that? Yes. Yeah, I think the same thing, which is you know on the heels of his incredible catch uh, Saturday. Having said that, I think that there's a clear need to get him in the lineup every day and if you have Wilson Contreras who has to DH a certain amount of time and you don't want Walker in the outfield I think the obvious move is to go to first base
2: I would agree with you I yeah. mean, I, I, I guess this was on TMA, it doesn't matter where the hell I said it people <laughs> know but they may have forgotten that Albert Pools was a third baseman and then he was a left One fielder, fielder. Yeah. and then he was a first baseman So, and then he was a DH so this can happen and for a guy who is still learning the game defensively in the outfield it can make sense and um, I, and again, saying the Cardinals should trade Paul Goldschmidt, you can say it all day long. If Goldschmidt doesn't want to go, he's not going to go. Exactly. It just depends on, as Matt Holliday said, what is he looking for? Is he looking for peace of mind? And you know what? I'm not going to waive my no trade. And I'd like to finish my career here. So let's sign a two year extension. You know, you got me. Put that to bed. And maybe the Cardinals would be all over that. Or would he go, God, you know, I'm going to be 36. Yeah, I'd like to win a world championship, and he could be a hell of an asset. Oh, absolutely! So surprisingly, is is power oriented as the position of first base has been. In God, it's got to be up there with the outfield uh, as far as production goes. There are some teams that are in competition that could really use yeah a first baseman, I mean, who couldn't use the defending MVP, but I'm talking about there's some teams of a hole at first base, and he would have some value uh, beyond what the obvious is of, oh, he's the defending MVP. Mm-hmm. So if he's up for it, I would love for them to do it. And by the way, all running parallel to this conversation is the Cardinals really should have won five in a row. Uh, that game on Saturday, the first game of that doubleheader, yeah. was one that they threw the ball around and they they blew it. Now, the problem is is that the brewers have gotten hot. So for those of you who are monitoring this thing, as if there is a chance, like me, because I'm financially invested <laughs> in it, uh, when the Reds falter, the brewers pick it up. And in this case, the brewers were beating the Reds. And the brewers now have their starting pitching activated and it is it is on a heater. Um, so if the Cardinals are operating under the premise that it's not going to happen, you're 11 and a half back of the wild card, you're 11 and a half back of the National League Central. From my standpoint, damn near everybody is available. The issue, the overarching issue, is the same people who put you in this position from a management standpoint are the people you're now entrusting right. to rebuild it. And that's the core issue. Jackson, uh, do you have another question for me? You know what? You do. I know you do. But we should
0: break. Look at that. I like that plan. Look at this. Comes back from vacation yeah. and is ready to manage clock. No,
2: it's exciting. Uh, as a face guy, and that's what I'm known as, as a face guy, being on YouTube, I think, allows me to really shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright
0: like a diamond. Tim the face guy. Tim the face guy. <laughs> I really like that. You like that? <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff.
2: Uh, all right, so uh, we'll take a commercial break. We will come back with uh, more of the Little Piddles we can Wrap Up. And don't forget... Uh, Jackson's uh, lover boy and foreigner tickets will be given away to the text of the day at 314-399-9646. This is Balloon Party driven by Mung St. Louis Acura and Alt and Toyota 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com.
1: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis, Accurate, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, with you here on the program. Uh, Jackson, uh, did I get get an NBA Summer League update there? Is that what I heard?
0: Yeah, a little consolation talk. Kobe Brown versus Des Moines Hodge last night. Fun to see two Missouri players competing. Absolutely. On Friday, Kobe Brown, 35 points on seven three-pointers. show. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I was watching. Can't lie to you.
2: So you labored through your 18 holes at Annenbriar like a champion. Mm-hmm. And then you went home and you watched NBA Summer League action on a Friday night as yeah. a 25-year-old single man.
0: Yeah, so I actually I watched, because uh, that game was going on while I was playing, so I watched the highlights of that game, and then Des Moines Hodge played later that evening, and I watched that. Oh, doubleheader twin bill. Let's play two Ernie Banks. Fun. Yeah, fun. it was fun. great. Yeah, Sir Thompson, the Pistons, it was great. It was great action. What actually. a Friday night. I had a great time. Uh, more of the Little Pills Weekend wrap up uh, here. It's time for question two. Question number two, Tim, is as follows. In terms of team performance, mm. is there mm. anything that the Cardinals as a team could do over the next 13 days or so that would change the mindset of the front office in terms of deadline strategy? Basically, if the cards go on a little mini run on the heels of the National Series win, do you think the deadline strategy would reflect that? Watch this. Come here. Mm. Come here. Got it?
1: Win. Win.
0: What is that from? I don't know. I really would like to just fire a guess, but I I do not. Go ahead, fire a ball at the pot. You have nothing to lose. Usually these are like seventy sitcoms, so it's like all in the family. <laughs> How old do you think I am? I don't know. I don't know. You always make these references like about like ma'am or whoever. I don't. Ma'am, It's our second Emmanuel <laughs> Lewis reference in the show. I don't know. I don't know any of these things. Uh, that was from Rocky II. That was okay. the delightful Talia Shire talking to Sylvester Stallone, Which is full circle because she's, of course, brothers with Francis Ford Coppola. And you can't get over how well hung Sandino Corleone
2: was in the book. I think it led to his demise at the uh, toll booth. Uh, I think you're attacking people who are well hung, and I'm not going to stand for it. oh <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, win the answer is win, just like what Talia Shire said in Rocky too mm-hmm. so if they can go on a heater, which the thing is, they could right I mean they really could absolutely I just don't know what the i don't know what the hell they would do is a guy who has financial <laughs> investment, I would love to see it right it probably isn't good for the organization. That's what I'm saying. weird it, as it sounds. I like a hamstring. Kind of out. like when Kevin Demoff was speaking to the people in Los Angeles. Fortunately or unfortunately, we went on a winning streak. What Which the hell? Super endearing. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, big picture. I'm not sure it would be in the best interest. I think they the, all of their quotes really do sound like they've turned the page on 2023.
0: Yeah. Mosaic last week, for sure. Um,
2: so I would say win, but I think that, the other thing with, with, with Flaherty, I mean, it's three straight really good starts. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if he has made his last start as a Cardinal.
0: Wow. There's the headline right there. I don't
2: think that's a headline. I think it's just math. and And by that, I mean they okay his trade value is so good let's not have right, a guy with saying. a shoulder issue right, or right. have a bad start I mean look what happened with Candelario this weekend with the Nationals mm-hmm. there is a guy who's a lot to be traded mm-hmm. uh, who's been on a heater over the last few weeks and the Nationals are where they are and then he gets hurt in uh, pregame on Friday night in St. Right. Louis right. before the game was suspended and they put him back in the lineup yesterday still has a thumb issue And now the Nationals are going, oh, my God, are we not going to get anything for this guy? You know, I mean, that's the thing. So I wonder about that with a guy that you know you're most likely not re-signing anyway. He's got three straight really good starts. Let's move on and let's see what we can get now. Making a deal on July 17th, 18th, or 19th is not unheard of. Sure. So – I don't even think you're going to get the full two weeks before the deals start happening. That's yeah, what I'm saying.
0: I, I do agree with that. I, do, I think it would also back to my original question. It would be interesting, you know, over the next four or five games before Flaherty's next start. If like they win four I'm in a row, telling you. and then it's like, well, do we start Flaherty because we're kind of on a little run here? That would be nine out of ten. And do we start Flaherty and keep the momentum going, or do we shut them down so they still we can maintain the value? Plus twenty
2: five hundred win the central now. If you want to throw something oh on that.
0: That's, a, I mean, that's juicy, but let's uh, yeah. we gotta look in the realm of realistic, and I don't know if uh, that is realistic. But again, I think like winning right now, and it seems like such a cardinal thing where like they like right before it's like okay, they're definitively gonna be sellers, and then like right before some like crazy happens where they go on a run, or the seventeen game win streak after trading for John Lester and Jay Happ. Like it, it's it's the the it's almost the front office gets vindicated for moves that, in all honesty, when looking at it through the process is not great.
2: Couldn't agree with you more. The results oriented analysis of the Lane Thomas, John Lester trade. I mean yeah. um, you got to look at what he did. Yeah, but what, <laughs> yeah. What were you doing? Right. I we don't have do a young outfielder. And, and by the way, Lane Thomas could have wound up being Ty Wigginton for all I care. It doesn't matter. What in the world was that about? Right. In the mo I know I said that I was watching MLB network that day and they're kind of like, Wow, this deal just in from the Cardinals. Lane Thomas for John Lester. What are they doing in St. Louis? Yes, (laughs) And then they went on a thing about how the Cardinals have a tough time with the trade deadline. Absolutely. So here we go. Here comes the trade deadline, except this time they, at the moment anyway, have a very clear role as seller. That year, it was probably seller, but they traded a young outfielder who now has turned out to be super productive for John Lester who at the time would have rather been in a tree stand. Absolutely. All right, what else do we have here on this Little Piddle's Weekend Wrap-Up?
0: The so, first one ever to air on YouTube. Yeah, Unbelievable this what's going on. One. It's really cool. Um, Shifting gears, something that I've wanted to ask you now. We haven't been on the air together for a little bit on 101 ESPN, so something I've wanted to ask you. Um, Since we have been gone, both ESPN and the New York Times have made massive sports cutbacks and layoffs, with the latter getting rid of their entire sports department. Firstly, what is your knee-jerk reaction to the shift in the sports market? Secondly, where do you think a lot of these sports personalities will go? Do you think people will start doing their own thing as opposed to being attached to a big-name media platform?
2: Oh, now you hit me with the topic that's going to get me going. That's what you did. Yeah, i why This Little Pills Weekend wrap-up is so powerful. It has to Red be hot. fun for people to watch it actually happen on YouTube.
0: I think they're not appreciating it in the moment, and they're going to look back and say that was a mistake. Yeah, I agree with you on that.
2: Uh, on the New York Times sports uh, section getting shut down, um, my initial thought process is why I would have just imagined, so here, the background on that is New York Times bought The Athletic.
0: Right, like a year ago or so.
2: For $550 million. Mm-hmm. Um, they have since laid people off from The Athletic. The Athletic has not turned a profit, and the New York Times Sports Department, uh, what I thought what they would do is just take those sports writers and then roll them over into the Athletic. Mm-hmm. But my understanding, I was actually listening to the uh, John Alrand and Andrew Marchand uh, sports media podcast on my way to the station today, and uh, their union re- rules why they can't do that. Ah, that so sense. you have some really talented sports reporters who will now be covering like school board meetings <laughs> in New York City. Right. So that sucks, but as somebody who works in this business and has operated businesses in this business, that's the nature of the beast at the moment, and things change. And you know what I say? Watch this. Learn from me. Adapt or die. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. To cite Talia Shire, Emmanuel Lewis, and knowledge like that in one show, and we're only 43 minutes in. It shows I'm firing all cylinders, and that vacation where I worked the whole time shows that I really got some R and R.
0: Yeah, you really you came back real rested. Yeah,
2: so that's the nature of the beast, man. Yeah, I mean, if you work in sports media, you will be whacked. (laughs) It's just the way that it is. Right. So, I I I feel from a human standpoint feel badly. Mm -hmm. From a business standpoint the tea leaves have been out there to be read for more than a quarter of a century. Sure. So, you know, other sports media people can piss and moan about it, but that's the deal. Either deliver for your company's bottom line and be irreplaceable or prepare to be replaced. It's your choice, Jackson, adapt or die. Emmanuel Lewis,
0: Talia Shire both said it. Incredible. Michael I, Scott. This is exactly what I wanted uh, this little Pills Weekend wrap-up, and I yeah. got exactly what I wanted. No, I'm excited to deliver for you, especially on YouTube. Was there another question in there? Oh, where are these sports media personalities well, yeah, well, going to yeah, go? There, I, mean, there's, I mean, especially with like some of the ESPN people who have, you know, some recognition name recognition, they're but probably do they vague. do they generate revenue and
2: mobilize an audience well, and that if they I don't, don't know well, that that's don't the know.
0: thing, and that 's why it's like why well, i 'm mad at Pat McAfee and Stephen
2: A Smith. Well, guess what they make the company money right, so sorry that they do their job right f off right. that's what that 's what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. so you can be mad that they make a bunch of money, but they make their company money because they make their advertisers money, and that 's the game. You can be mad at it all you want. I suggest taking a business course. But that's the deal. You'd be recognizable. But if you don't deliver an ROI, you're irrelevant. Sure. So you get replaced. You get whacked. That's the game.
0: I think a good amount of, uh, not, maybe not a good amount, but some will end up at places like Barstool. Uh, I think Barstool will probably put their hand in a couple. Because maybe these people who, who... do you think goes to Barstool? That It's all about chemistry meshing. Like if, if there's a good chemistry out there for someone to join like a baseball podcast with them, I could see something like that happening. Like tool. who? I I wish I I should have come up with some examples beforehand that's on me but uh, like FanDuel TV stuff like that like smaller organizations that aren't ESPN or FS1 could still get a lot of value out of these people and listen I don't know the bottom lines of all these companies and I don't know how much revenue these people generate but they are there's plenty of people who are very talented and just just based on talent I would think that someone would end up there and I think a Good portion. But talent is subjective. Dollars are objective. No and doubt.
2: That's, that's the thing about this. And I assure you, if the, let's say, million dollars they spend on X, Y, or Z ESPN personality led to ESPN making one and a half million dollars, X, Y, or Z personality isn't one of the layoffs.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's, fair.
2: that's just It's just, it's really simple math, mm-hmm. but because some people like some personalities, uh, they get mad when they get let go, and when some people don't like personalities, they celebrate via Schadenfreude that they did. Right. But the reality is, if they bring in money, they have a place. Yeah. And that's it's just like any other business. Uh, it's just that uh, unlike baseball or hockey, you can't look up the statistics and see what the dollars are. Just like you said, I don't know what kind of revenue no, people bring no in, idea. but. You know the ones who are getting paid big time dollars have dollars attached to them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making that money. They're not running five hundred one C threes in Bristol.
0: No, they are not. And I guess we'll see who makes money and who doesn't. Because I would assume that the vast majority of people who are let go either by New York Times or ESPN will do their own thing, whether it be a podcast or a blog of some sort. And if they see success in that, and maybe get acquired by a different company, then we know they make money. And if not, right. then, but then not. I mean, they're going
2: to have to then now sell their own stuff. Right. And, and that's a that's a skill that isn't sure. just sitting there for everybody to, to
0: have. No doubt. Yeah. I, I think it's very interesting and it's a shift in the sports market of, of what people necessarily want. Like, I think people want more stuff like Pat McAfee driven kind of, I always call them like hangout shows where it's more like you're hanging out with sports. Well, certainly there's, there's a
2: large audience for that in and it. And, and, and oftentimes it's younger, which is great if you're looking for that demographic and that's certainly, you know, what TMA is and yeah. that's, that's, you know, what we've done now for a couple of decades. But I also think, even if it's not something that I personally am into, I would love, you know, a more like I always cite Real Sports on HBO as one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. It's not a hangout show; it's a it's, no. a, it's a journalist sports journalism, For but sure. it costs a hell of a lot of money to produce those. It's a lot easier to go, okay, here's two microphones, here's some YouTube cameras, give takes, right. you know, right, and that's why those things exist. It's as ESPN found that. Uh, with the Disney situation that they needed to cut, cut, cut. And, you know, the, the thing is, they laid off 200 people a few couple years ago, maybe, I but they were behind-the-scenes people. Right. So it wasn't that big, big of a deal publicly, even though more people were impacted and more people who didn't have a lot of money, like many of these people do. Uh, but because there were big names let go this time, now it's getting more attention. I would say the thing that happened a couple of years ago was more unfortunate. Yeah, I, I think that's a... You know what I'm talking about? Somebody who doesn't have a few millions right. in Right, and
0: I remember that, that portfolio. happening. And it was like, when you look, if I were to measure the news coverage on one for the other, much more so on the on-air talent thing, and you know, especially with the McAfee thing, who moves the needle, you bring that element into the ESPN on-air layoffs, it makes for a much more titillating news story as opposed to behind-the-scenes people, who many of which, almost all of which, people yeah, don't so know.
2: Yeah, so now Pat McAfee and Stephen A. Smith have to like uh, issue uh, yeah. apologies right. for the fact that they... Do their jobs Right.
0: And weren't fired.
1: Like, it's yeah. like they
2: had a choice in the matter. All right. I mean, it's, it's math, man. <laughs> it's real simple. Yeah. Do you make the cut? Co- if the company spends a million dollars on you and you bring in a million and a half for the company, the million dollars they spend on you is better than the hundred thousand they spend on somebody who's bringing in 30, right? Yeah. It totally- That's it. That's it. I, I, I can try to make it as simple as possible. So you can hate on the guy making a bunch of money, but the guy delivers ROI. So, Piss off! What else do you have? I'm getting angry. I want to fight somebody right now. Who I think do you want what to fight? we have is a break. Nice, I don't like that. It's a ten fifty. My time management hasn't been bad. No, no, I'm, I'm pretty be... excited. You know what? I am excited about myself. Right, which is a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, Jackson's getting away. Loverboy and Foreigner tickets coming up in the next segment. This is Balloon Party, driven by and S. St. Louis, accurate all in Toyota on one hundred and one ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party, driven by Mungan St. Louis Accurate and Alton Toyota for Monday, July 17th, 2023. And before we go any further, uh, Jackson, uh, you want to give away uh, our Lover Boy and Foreigner tickets uh, this Wednesday night at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, courtesy of uh, 101 ESPN. It's the text of the day. What have you selected?
0: Uh, yeah, I selected this text here from the 636. Jackson's humble brag slash complaint about shooting an 83 saying he didn't have it for the last five holes is sickening and Tim should punish him with a wet noodle. Again, 636 and that won you some tickets because you know what? Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and I just got I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. Do you acknowledge that was a humble brag Ah! and how you labored through the final four holes
2: and Briar? right and and I mean, it's it's not like I go, oh, how'd you play an ambrier? You know, tell me in detail it was it was
0: it was seemingly brought up apropos of nothing, right, and that's the thing about being apropos of nothing is it comes up <laughs> apropos of nothing, and uh, yeah, I maybe I tried to wedge that in subconsciously, you know right. I'm uh. Well, all you did was advertise to me that we need to go out and play golf, and I need to get some cash. Yeah, boy, I am, I am, live because I'm telling you, the ball striking hasn't improved. It's, what happened? Were you just rolling the rock, Jack? Uh, my, I, I'm going to say this, and this is going to come off as nice. a humble no, brag. humble no, brag. Text I, in. It's kind of like when I talk movies. Like I just understand I'm going to sound pretentious, so I just don't care. Um, and. Right now me and my fifty six degree wedge are in a holy matrimony unlike anything I've ever seen in my life.
2: Clip that off. When they ask what is what goes on in balloon party, we'll play that clip.
0: Because me and this fifty-six degree wedge are getting along just quite swimmingly. I I I can't mess with it. You get me inside 70 yards, I'm gonna put it tight. Wow. It's It's Proc City around here. It is. And I usually play courses. I mean there's most public courses around town aren't super long. And again, this is just all of a
2: sudden the private courses only fit my game because of my distance. No, and what an unbelievable moment in Horton Watkins' condescension. I got to get out of here, and it's terrible because I look so good right now in this special
0: lighting. You do, yeah. I know we're going to have to change the bulbs out once PK and Ferrari will get in here. Right. But um, as I said most courses for the most like for the most part aren't like crazy long, so there will be some short par fours where I can get it to about. Sixty-five yards. Wow,
2: the bomber has arrived. Look and, at Dustin Johnson over here. And Peter. if I
0: have, but that's the problem is like when I play a longer course where I have like six iron into most holes. Yeah, I'm going to shoot in the mid eighties, mid to high eighties because I have real trouble with the long irons.
2: Jackson, how's that seven iron still going?
0: One thirty. <laughs> it's not one thirty, but there wasn't there was a moment where like one fifty five. I was really having to muscle it.
2: Uh Jackson, what do you think of Steph Curry and the hole-in-ones, uh, and also the run-up to the pin? Uh, that's from FedEx Brian. We got a name saved here. Nice. Uh, was awesome. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed
0: the celebration. He's awesome. I mm. saw
2: Gronkowski tweet it out. Do you think he could play pro? And I bet Steph Curry would be the first one to say, absolutely not. No,
0: he's scratch, but there's a big difference between being scratch know, and being
2: pro. In another world.
0: Right. Like, there's a difference between being your rec league MVP and being Steph Curry. So. Right. There's like, let's and it's awesome to see. I mean, that's not an easy course, Edgewood and Tahoe, but. He it's still miles away, and plus he has a little career being the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. So I think that's more lucrative for him.
2: I uh I, I had Mark Mulder on one time on my podcast, and because he plays and he's a great player, yeah. I think he's won that event. Yeah, I think yeah, and he loves playing. And I you ever think about it? He goes, man, people have no idea right. how good those guys are because he plays with Pat Perez and Ches Reevy, who are two are pros, <laughs> yeah. but not like.
0: Not, Not household names. Roy, yeah.
2: Rom. you know. And he goes, Pat will be out there barefoot, drinking, and he'll shoot a 65, and I'll be, like, grinding and playing the greatest round of my life, and I'll still be four strokes behind him. He goes, you just have no idea. They have 12 shots for every shot, and you just can't compete with them. It's a different world. So I would imagine Steph Curry, who knows the game, knows he would have no chance uh, to compete. He's a scratch golfer. Great. Yeah. These guys are like plus eights. Right. Uh, All right. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. We'll update you on how Jackson plays today. uh, Tomorrow. I ain't playing
0: today. Oh, wow. I ain't playing today.
2: Because you've played six days in a row. I'm just... Log cabin. Right, yeah. So many rounds of the log. (laughs) (laughs) Time for us to shut it down. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. this has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis, Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.